What is it that I'm actually looking for? Do we really know life? Sure. But let me say intelligence. Emotional intelligence, social intelligence, financial intelligence. So I believe it's important for each and every one of us to understand the rules that govern any arena of your life. You are listening to The Revenge of the Forsaken Gods, a podcast that explores the human experience and seeks to create a blueprint for living using books, stories, movies, and conversations. And here is your host, Andrew Balongo Opere. Hello, this is Andrew Balongo Opere. And in this episode, I explore New Year's resolutions with my guest, Dr. Patrick Obell, who is a psychologist at the United States International University, Africa. Here, we discuss some of the challenges in goal setting, talk about the wheel of life as a guiding tool, how to manage failure, and how to view risk in goal setting. Here is Dr. Patrick Obell. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yes, good morning. Yes. And uh, yes, I'd like to bring a whole deeper dimension to goal setting and uh, New Year's resolutions because I've tended to notice that a lot of people do make their New Year's resolutions, but normally by January 15th, they've broken a lot of their New Year's resolutions and they give up on their goals. Mm-hmm. From from your experience, what have you noticed are the challenges people have in goal setting and how to best set goals that they can achieve? Now, in my view, I think um, people maybe set up very huge goals, which are so overwhelming. And sometimes people do that from an accumulation of the many things they have not been able to do in the past. So it's like now they are like, this one more time now I have a year and now all this must be done. Now, when when we go that way, it becomes very overwhelming and uh, one is not able to achieve a lot. Now, the other way also is uh, people become very skewed. Maybe they set only a goal in a particular aspect. Maybe if it's a student, maybe it's just about their grades. And uh, if it's somebody working, maybe it's just about their work and all that. Or even business, they set goals about their businesses and, and that's fine. And, and many times people tend to achieve some of that because that seems to be already set out. But life is bigger than that. We normally have a tool, we call it a wheel of life. Yes. Now, a wheel of life is several segments of our lives that actually make who we are. And that could have now that career thing, or it could have issues to do with academics if somebody is a student. And uh, even if you're not a student, or if you may be working, but you're also a student at the same time, and so you may have an academic component of your life. Like shortly before we started this, a colleague of mine, just a friend of mine called me, and uh, she she's working, but she said, this year one of the things I want to do is to go back to school. So she's scouting or she's uh, shopping around for where she can enroll for her PhD. So she'll definitely be a student, so that will be having an academic component for her life. Uh, but then she's also working, so there's that component. Now she's a married person, she has a family, she has children, she has a spouse, she has siblings, she has parents and all that. So we find that our life is made up of just so many things. And uh, when we are resolving what to do this year, many times people only pick on one item, which sometimes is okay because it seems easier but many times people pick one type, one thing, but one big thing, which again is overwhelming. 
But if we can seek to see how do I need my life to be as a person, other than that is what I want to achieve, but how do I want my life to be? That's when you come about the wheel of life. It's more of how am I going to be a balanced person? And then balanced in what? In now these different items. So the segments, now we are able to pick on those segments so that if it is career, you say, oh, this is how I want to be in my academics. Okay, so that is this. Then maybe relationships with the... Uh, relationships can be more. So it could be, okay, let's say relationships with the uh, social... So that has to do with friends and all those kind of things. Then there could be also relationships. Now maybe if you are married, it is with your spouse. So that is a relationship component which is unique in itself. It could also be uh, maybe relationship. You can blow up this a bit bigger with maybe significant others. And now in significant others, maybe that could be with family generally. So we could put that family or something like that. And then it could be something to do with your physical health. Okay, there are things you'd want to do. How do you want to engage so that you are physically healthy and you are fine in the things that you do? Then we also have things with recreation. You know, that's also another component of our lives that we, many times we just let it go. And uh, maybe what other item am I leaving out? Maybe spirituality. Okay, that could also be another important aspect of, of our lives that you want to be able to balance out. And uh, maybe what else? Maybe whatever else that comes, but this this are significant. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So we've already picked on eight items. Now this could go more than that. But even if you just resettle for that, because that is what makes up our lives. And you say, okay, this year, these are the things I would want to achieve. This is how I would want to be. This is more of being that will help you to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So once you're able to sort out that, first you normally assess where you are at. When you're doing a wheel of life, normally we, sort, we assess where we are at. How satisfied are you in terms of these areas? And sometimes you find somebody is doing well here, maybe not so much here, maybe something like that, and maybe something like this, and something like that. So when you look at this kind of diagram here, then you'll find that if this was actually a real wheel, then already we can see that there's so much imbalance in this person. And you see, all these areas working out fairly well and in a fairly balanced manner makes you succeed. Okay, so the imbalance comes from, let's say, in career, it's going well, so you put a 9, let's say, out of 10, right? Yes, it's a 0 to a 10, yes. Then maybe relationships, uh, what was the first one? Relationships with... With spouse, maybe. With spouse, mm -hmm. maybe you put that at 3. Mm-hmm. Then uh, relationship with family, mm -hmm. you put that at four. Mm -hmm. And what else is there? Spirituality. Spirituality, you put that maybe at five. Mm -hmm. And uh, recreation, maybe you put that at one. Mm -hmm. So physical physical health, health maybe you put that also at one. Mm -hmm. And these are just then mental average. Health. I left out mental health. Okay, mental health. Yes, that is where we have to do with uh, mental well-being. And what would go under mental well-being? Mental well-being has to do with our how emotionally we want to walk and be. You know, first is how satisfied you are. You talk about how we handle stress, stressful issues that we face. Okay. Those kind of things that we are dealing with. How are we handling that? Because how we cope with that 
has to do with our mental well-being. Because sometimes a little thing will trigger you and you find somebody doing all manner of things. So those are the issues that we think of our mental health. How we're able to relate with things around us that cause our emotional imbalance. Okay, so in giving of the rating system of between 0 to 10, mm. now this way we can get to rate how our year was previously mm-hmm. and how we can improve on into the current year. Exactly, because you're saying how satisfied are you? with how you have done in these areas, mm. in this past year, for instance. So you'll pick, mm-hmm, this is how satisfied I am. And you'll realize that there's a lot of imbalance, possibly. If you're balanced, praise the Lord. But sometimes there is a lot of imbalance. And you see, okay, that is how your year has been. And so then the questions you ask yourself is, what do I have to do differently now for me to feel more satisfied in this area or what needs to happen for me to feel satisfied when it comes to maybe my relationship with my spouse what needs to happen okay maybe we need to laugh more maybe we need to travel together more maybe we need to do this and that together more that is what needs to happen okay so that helps me to know that then my relationship with my wife or my husband will be okay i'll be more satisfied with that you see, this is a personal thing. I'll be more satisfied when those and those things happen. So then I'll ask myself, what am I going to be able to do for all those things to happen? Now, that helps me to set goals now. Because if I have to be with my wife more, then that means I have to set time. Maybe every week I need to create this amount of time so that it specifically it is time I need to spend with my spouse so that I'm not waiting for those spontaneous accidental moments. Because then that is left to chance. But you see, when I'm already saying, okay, every day or every week, I will be able to set up this kind of time. Or every day, I will have to set this time. Now, you could do that, maybe say every morning before I leave home, I need to do this, I need to spend this with my wife or spend this time together. Or every evening before we retire to bed, we need just time for ourselves. You know, when I say that, it may sound funny to somebody who is not married. Because you'd imagine, but you people stay in the same room, you spend a night together. What do you mean by setting time together? Yeah. You see, if I go to home at midnight, what is likely to happen? I'll have found my wife asleep. So, is it really fair to say that you spend time together? No, it isn't. Exactly. So that is why now I'm saying spending time together. So that means that I may have to be home early and make sure we have time together so that even if I'm left doing some extra work I needed to do or maybe she has something she needed to do, uh, any of us can go to bed when we're free to go to bed. We don't have to say, okay, now let's time go, let's go to bed. No, that may not have to happen. Anybody can walk to bed at their own time, but at least we have hard time together. Or I can leave in the morning, we have hard time together, both of us are awake, we engage, and then if maybe one of us is still left sleeping or we have to live together, but at least we have that. So that has to be deliberate. In trying to improve and be more satisfied with my relationship with my spouse, I will now have to work at those things. Now those are daily things, those are weekly things, which will add up to the end of the year. It will not be automatic. It is something that you have to deliberately work at. Now, if it is with social, with friends, you have to set up time. Now, maybe you meet, you see people who go for clubs, 
you know they know oh every friday maybe there's a club day so they meet or every wednesday or whatever i've had some people announcing for like when you're talking about people need to go for dancing and you know those things so people choose that is the time they'll meet with friends or so let's meet and dance and so they'll meet and dance so they are spending time with their friends as they dance they chat they drink or they talk or they take something together even if they're not necessarily taking alcohol or something mm. now they will do that regularly now even if it's not weekly maybe every fortnight or every month or every this so often that will happen then you are building on that aspect now if it is something to do with uh, let's say spirituality yes now again that doesn't mean church now spirituality is not church or mosque but it is how we connect with the spiritual being but you see now for how we connect with the spiritual being there are a variety of disciplines that you may need to include when for me as a christian we talk about the spiritual disciplines now that may have to do with the time i read the bible because that's the word of god that instructs me time i spend in fellowship with other believers time i am engaging in uh, maybe in worship either alone or with other believers you know those kind of things time i maybe retreat to do to a fast or something yes all that i'm doing all those things because i'm developing and i'm working on my spirituality so that i'm able to connect with my god in a manner that i feel mm-hmm, yeah i'm doing well so i need to check mm-hmm. how have i done in this past year yes. in that aspect in trying to just those components and earlier as well i think i only fasted once oh yeah that was not really so good maybe i should have done more oh yeah maybe i just did a retreat once oh maybe i should or twice maybe i should do more than that because every time i did those fastings or retreats this is how much it does for me in terms of how i feel spiritually so i know i can now break that down so well, i like we will try this this and that so maybe i break that again into a monthly period so well, maybe every month i need to set up a time just to fast or i need to set up time maybe just to be to be in solitude to be alone and just reflect and meditate you know all those kind of things or on a daily basis i can choose mm-hmm. maybe you see for those of us who are fortunate maybe you drive you can say well maybe you can put some music in your car that will just help you to align your mind other than listening to some of this fm things that really waste our day so those are the kind of things that must be deliberate yeah so that helps me in that kind of a situation think of uh, maybe my physical health now that's why you talk about maybe gyming not all of us can go to a gym but i could choose maybe to just walk maybe every so many days in a week or they normally say about three days in a week if you can do brisk walking or even do those gym physical exercises healthy now that you can do in a variety of ways you can do those things even in your own home yeah you can skip a rope you can have some weights you can some dumbbells you can do something that will make you sweat will make you you know just feel you've done something so you don't have to go to a gym you don't have to go to a field but if you have to that's still good because different exercises help different parts of our bodies so again that's an area now think of career now there are specific things that you know need to happen think of academics if one is a student you need there are things if it's a business you're doing what are those things you need to do differently so when you have reviewed where you are now based on how the year has been just on this little wheel it can now help you to project what are the things that need to happen differently so that you can be more balanced in your life mm-hmm. and if you're more balanced in your life in these different areas 
you will be achieving what you want to achieve. Yes. yes. Exactly. You see, in those small, small things, you'll actually be achieving what you want to achieve at the end of the day. And, and that, for me, I think is doable. And uh, even as you begin the year in that way, then you can be able to be... It gets more real to you to see, oh, this is how I'm doing or this is how I'm not doing. So you talk about mental health. You're not thinking of our predisposition to very stressful situations. How are we handling some of that? When you learn coping styles or just how do you cope with stressful situations, mm-hmm. what do you do? There are things that potentially will bring stress. So if you know they are coming, you can handle that from a preventive place. What do I need to do so that when I get to that time, for example, for students, if you read last minute, you'll be very stressed. Yes, yes. But since you know exams will be coming at this time, if you start preparing earlier, by the time the exam moment comes, you may not be as stressed. You know, there's a bit that I left out here. Maybe it should be on financial. Okay, yes. how am I doing with my finances? That's another segment. Because again, that on its own, it's easier to reflect on it. Then you're like, hmm, there are things that you need to do. If you plan ahead, then that helps you to be preventive in that. But even when things go the way you don't expect, how do you handle that? Because again, how we handle conflicts, how we handle things that we didn't expect, can actually determine how we are going to succeed or how we are not going to succeed. Because some of us overreact in situations. There are certain things that actually you can just let them pass. And they will pass. And you will move on. But there are people who, a little thing, they must attend to it with all their muscles and energy. And yet it is something that doesn't require so much energy. Sometimes you have a very troublesome neighbor. Now some you may just need to let it pass. Yeah, and it will just pass. You just develop a way to stay calm and handle your own things without bothering. But others feel like, no, 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 the neighbor must know. Know what? There are some things that they don't need to know. And you'll still be very, very happy and carry on with your life in a very, very successful So, So for me, I think this is a good place to begin. Mm-hmm. Assess where you have been. How satisfied are you about how you've been in the past year? And now that you're moving into a new year, from now those things that you feel you're not very satisfied, what do you think needs to be for you to really feel satisfied? And so what do you need to do for you to get to that place that you really feel very satisfied? Now that is what will help you now to have those goals. Because you know, for this, I will need to do this, this and this and this for me to get to that place. Because that is what becomes more specific. You know, we talk about smart goals, eh? Because now you are specifically itemizing this one. And then you know, okay, if I'm able to spend this time at this time with my spouse, then I know you can measure that. Yeah, this week, mm-mm. This month, mm-mm. you see, you can pick on that and you know, you can say, oh yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing that. And you see, when you have time limits, then you can say, yeah, within this time, this is that. So those for me, I think, hopefully it could be helpful to someone. Thank you very much for sharing that. And what would you tell someone where they feel they have failed in a particular area? How do you deal with failure towards a goal? Acknowledgement. Acknowledging that, yes, I didn't get what I hoped to. Now, once you acknowledge that, then maybe you ask yourself, what could I have done differently? Because if you're calling it a failure, then it means there is something that you did that you should not have done or that you didn't do that you should have done. And so when you're saying, what could I have done differently? It is forming part of the acknowledgement because you are now picking the resources of, ah, yeah, here it's because I didn't do this. Ah, here it's because I didn't do this. Oh, here it's because I didn't go here. Or this is because I did this. You see, even opportunities, like you talked about opportunities earlier in a different uh, setting, 
You see, if you think of finances, we can grow our finances, all of us, in different ways. People can invest money in shares with whatever risk that that brings, but it will help you to grow your finances because at least you have a target. You know I will buy these shares and I know they may improve, so maybe you speculate. And if it doesn't, then you know, okay, maybe this time I got into wrong organized companies and it didn't work. But you see, you had done that, you had tried it out. Or you can say, no, 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 I can be able to also venture into this kind of a business. So what does that mean? Maybe you register a business. And then using that business, you can maybe seek for tenders in organizations. You know, this thing of selling and buying things, it is something that anybody can do. You see, if you have an institution that buys stationery, anybody can sell stationery. You don't need to be an expert of any kind to sell stationery. And you can say, me, I'll be selling stationery. And so you start off maybe with a very small kindergarten somewhere. You go and tell them, no, you, for your children, you need this. They may not need a very big supply. That is something that you can afford. But you see, if you're going to sell stationery to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, that is something very different. But you see, when you start off in a small way, you look for a kindergarten, tell them, instead of bothering for them to look for this, you know where you can find them, then you just bring to them. If you are able to put a markup of, even if it's five shillings on an item, from where you are getting it, to give it to them. At the end of the day, if you supplied items of, 10, of uh, let's say, 10,000 shillings, with a markup of 5%, that is 500 shillings. Am I right? Do you still have your 10,000? Yes. Plus 500. Is that good business? My question, my answer is yes. So if you can do that for 10 organizations, that is 5,000 shillings. Now your 10,000 shillings has produced another 5,000. Now you are at 150. Yes. Now, are you making any progress? Yes. Yeah. Now, and as you do that, you'll be learning new things and you'll be building your capacity to supply bigger supplies because now you know this is what you do. You'll have discovered where do you get stationery at a lesser cost. And if you go to that same place and say, oh, I needed this stationery, they give you supply wherever, you come again and you have come there now four times. You have come there now five times. Now you have established a relationship. Now it is likely that even in future if you came and you needed it on credit, you can tell them, no, 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 my supply has gone a little bit higher. Can I get that? Because you've come there more seven times, they are likely to trust you because you've given them enough business. So they can also risk with you because they know, oh yeah. So when you're able to now work on credit, you're also building your clientele. Is it growing? Yes. So what I'm saying is that is only possible once you're able to start off identifying that in a small way, say, I want to do this. So when you talk about finances, people can do financing in different ways. You can save your money in a circle. You know in a year it will have earned you some dividends. You can do different things. So what I'm saying is that you are able, first of all, you know, it's this finance thing that I'm trying to work on. Then you're like, okay, what did I do not write? Last year I did invest anywhere. Oh, I didn't do this. Okay, so this year then I need to. Okay, and you try out something and you're able to get that. Now, people sometimes just need to sniff what is happening around. And uh, when you think of buying and selling, as I said, that that's a business anybody can do. You see, if you go to a place where there are new constructions coming up, what is the likely thing people are looking for? It's hardware material. People are building. They need cheap way of getting iron sheets, cheap way of getting what and all that. I have known people, actually we call them brokers, eh? Because them, they'll say they supply cement, but they don't have a cement factory. Yeah. But you see, you, you need only 20 bags of cement. Yes. You, you, you need 20. I mean, they can afford 20 bags. Because 20 bags of cement, if a bag is a thousand shillings, you only need 20,000 shillings, isn't it? And where you can hire a pickup. 
you tell somebody, no, I'm, getting, I'm getting you right now, your 20 bags. Then the neighbor says, oh, so you already got cement? Say, yeah, where do you get it? No, I have a supplier. Now they'll give you a number. You become a supplier of cement. So what do you do with cement? When you go somewhere to buy 20 bags of cement, that is bulk, or 50 bags of cement, or 100 bags of cement. If you have five people who want 20 bags from you each, you go for 20 bags of, I mean, 100 bags of cement from somewhere, and you go to a person telling say, I want 100 bags of cement. You can negotiate, isn't it? Yes. So what I'm saying is, those are just one way of thinking, mm. and different aspects of thinking. But what I'm getting from your illustration is, start small. Absolutely. That is the best way to avoid failure. To or minimize. Rather, or rather, yes, minimize failure. Mm. And manage failure. What about people who are afraid to fail? It's the same thing, just like we have already said. You see, when you are afraid to fail, the fear is larger with the magnitude of what you want to try to do. If you want to start a business that will invest a million, and a business that will invest 20,000, which are you likely to start? 20,000. Because even if you lose the 20,000, the risk is not as big as the, the million, isn't it? So those who are, fear, who are afraid, let them start small. Because then they learn their lessons. And even if they are losses, then they are not huge losses. They are losses they can absorb and accommodate. So in other words, another reason why we don't achieve what we want to achieve is our goals are too big. Mm, very overwhelming. So pick small things, work at them until you're competent in it, and then go for larger. Keep growing. And you also mentioned something about risk. Whether we can handle risks or not handle risk plays a, a part in our goals, whether we can achieve them or not. Can you talk a little bit about that? You see, when you talk about risk, we are talking about the likely pain that may result in us not achieving what we have set out to achieve. That is what, for me, I would define risk, is the likely pain. So, people who fear the likely pain that would come out are the ones who may not do much. But when you are prepared that there is a likelihood that there will be pain, then you are prepared so that should there be pain, you already knew the pain would come. But if not, then you would find the joy. And so it is being realistic. You know, when people are risk takers, they are realistic that this thing can cause pain. But there is also the flip side that it could also bring a lot of joy. And so when you go the Bible route that I take, the Bible says somewhere in the book of Hebrews that because of the joy set before him, I think it's referring to Jesus, he was able to withstand even death on the cross because of the joy that was coming, you know. So there's, there's a sense of risk in this, isn't it? So when somebody sees the likelihood of what the good thing would bring, then they would say, fine, let's go, because the good thing is a good thing, and I would be able to get it. So when people look at the failure that things that may not work more than the things that would work, then the focus is more negative. So when you have a positive focus and seeing what if this thing works, then there are many good things. I'll tell you, simply, even marriage is a very risky thing. But the statistics is that more people are getting married than those who are not. So that's already a good thing about it. And there are people who feel like, hey, you know, marriages these days are not working. So suppose you get married that it doesn't work. A year goes before they are married. Then another year goes, they say, oh, you know, this thing is not working. Suppose it doesn't work, two years have gone. But there are those who started and they are going on. Now, if it doesn't work, at least they were there for a year. They will have learned what they didn't do right. Then this person was not tried at all. You get So when you go in with a positive focus, 
then you think of things that you need to do to make it positive. Other than, oh, this thing may fail. And so you are thinking of, oh, failure. So when you think of it not working, then your focus is more on it not working. But if your focus is on it working, then you'll be more positive in your thoughts about it working. So that if anything may happen for it not to work, it's like, but what can I do for it to work? So you see, you are only thinking, how, what, what can I do? You see, if you say, oh, you know, there are thieves, people will steal your thing, then think, what can I do to minimize that theft? And, you know, so because it has to work. So you are thinking, how do I minimize that? People invest in CCTV, people invest in security. If I'm employing people, they don't handle cash, I'll have a till number, money will, you know, how do I avoid them stealing from me? You see, because oh, cashiers, oh, they steal from you. Okay, fine. Then tell them not to handle cash. People will pay by M-Pesa. So they'll pay till number or if they have to pay what, what. So you're thinking that already will have cut down on people stealing your money. But if you say, oh, sure. people working for you, they'll steal from you. Oh, you will lose your money. So you're only saying, ah, then let me not even start this business. But if you know this must work, are there other ways people can get? You see, like schools, they say pay to the bank, bring the bank slip, isn't it? We don't handle cash. Because handling cash is what makes it to be stolen, to be lost, and all those things. So you say, here, we don't handle cash. People will pay using Visa card, invest in the swiping thing. People will come and they'll pay. And you know, again, you realize, no, not many people now start walk around with a lot of money. So when you do that, you're already making it easier for them. Because if they have to pay in cash, then they have to withdraw money. They don't know where to. So there's like, ah, isn't there another option for me to make payments? So if you make the paperless payment, then you're also increasing your likelihood of getting a certain clientele. So those are the issues. So people who fear failure, they focus on failure. Wow, that's, that's very powerful. So whatever you focus on will happen. If you focus on the elements that will contribute to failure, it will happen. If you focus on the elements that will allow you to get to your goal, then it will happen. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some very interesting and very powerful points that anyone can use to plot out how they would like to take their year into their own hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, the Wheel of Life is a very powerful tool. Mm. And uh, yes, we'll be posting up the tools that people can use it. Oh, yes. You see that. We have a variety of them. Yes. Yes, and uh, next time we can talk about other different tools that uh, people can use. Mm, I have a series of them. Yes, mm. and as we conclude this session, uh, what are your parting shots? We all can succeed if we focus on that. Just start. Well, very powerful. Just start. All right, thank you for those uh, words of wisdom, Dr. Patrick Obel. Welcome. This is the end of the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.